and welcome back to Channel KRT, the podcast where dreams go to die. I'm Tyler Green. I'm Kit Quinn, and I'm too school for cool. Right, what song is then? I'm Randy Martin, you say, and uh, well, it's Tuesday, in it? All right, I'm done with my British jokes. Huzzah. <laughs> for now. <laughs> Interestingly enough, we do have some guests across the pond today. And you it know is them- Tuesday. <laughs> Huzzah! It all connects. Alright, so you know them as the ladies behind the band Negative Ohio. You know them for their work in the rhythm gaming community. Please welcome Giga Coops and Nightmare Lyra. Woo! Hi, this is me, Giga Coops, here in the uh, wonderful old uh, across the pond country of Norway. Nice. <laughs> hey, Hello! Up. It is me, your worst Nightmare Lyra. Hello. Yay! <laughs> Yay! How's it feel having sat through this movie? Better than the movie we were gonna sit through. <laughs> so, we went a ways to record this episode. So, as people might have seen on Twitter recently, we ranted that we watched a movie that was so bad we physically couldn't finish it. And if you don't follow us on our Discord server where we also ranted about that piece of shit... I do want to take this opportunity to at least bring up that movie. So, yeah, Giga Coops, if you want to do the honors. Okay, so we watched a uh, wholesome little film called CJ7. (laughs) It it is a nice little film that is hopefully not horrifying and absolutely batshit. And by nice little film, she means the most morally bankrupt piece of shit we have ever watched on this podcast. Good lord. I can't believe not even a couple months after we did Reanimated, that movie knocked it way down on the top five worst movies we've ever talked about list. (laughs) I don't know if I can quite go that far, but it's still bad. And like, I actually wasn't even on the initial recording of the CJ7 episode because my voice was gone. So (laughs) I blame that movie for making me so sick. I couldn't even (laughs) record. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do that to you. It was a motherfucking Teletubby Gibber. It really was. It was a Teletubby meets Kipper meets the fucking Yippie creature. And the shit this creature goes through in the movie. So we should put a trigger warning here because the content of the movie gets pretty heavy. So if you want to skip this part, feel free to skip over to the 12 minute and 26 second mark. We were specifically promised a happy-go-lucky alien adventure directed by Stephen Chow. Instead, we get a fucking love letter to CGI animal cruelty. Fucking child abuse. What if Lilo and Stitch, but Nani and Lilo were completely unlikable, abusive assholes? That's another thing, too. Don't forget the fucking classism, by the way. Ugh, man. This this movie felt like, what if Randy Moore directed Lilo and Stitch? Oh, God, it does! God! (laughs) Oh, man. This is just Escape from Tomorrow, but with the story of Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> but at least it's not another Ben Stiller comedy. Ayo. But I'll tell you what it most definitely wasn't. A Ben Stiller comedy. I will give CJ7 this. It was not a Ben Stiller comedy. <laughs> As promised. Uh, or not pi- promised. <laughs> One of the things that really pisses me off about CJ7, and trust me, there's a lot to talk about with this piece of shit, but I, again, we can't do it rather than just giving it like five minutes on this podcast. The one thing that really pissed me off is that there's this really excellent fantasy sequence that goes on for 10 minutes where the main kid of the movie is having just so much fun, you know, just playing with CJ7 and getting up to all these shenanigans. And it plays out a lot like Kung Fu Hustle, which... Stephen Chow has directed so many better movies than this. Yeah. And it turns out, after that, it's just a fucking dream. And we go back to the miserable fucking hellscape of the movie. (sighs) You literally have CJ7 getting into all these fucking wacky kung fu hijinks. And to get to it, you have to sit through this really dark fucking shit, such as the scene where the dad, also played by Stephen Chow... Beats his son in a store because he complains about not getting a toy that he wants. (sighs) Fuck this movie. I'm just gonna say it. The dad in CJ7, not to make light, but he feels like he's either at one minute he's Mufasa, and then the next minute he's Joan Crawford. 
God, oh for God. real. Yeah. The first time we see the dad in the movie, he's bonding with his son and making the best out of their shitty situation. And then we get that fucking scene and it completely shits all over it. And the worst part, despite the dad being such an abusive monster, the movie still fucking sympathizes with him and goes the route of, oh, he just wants what's best for his son. Fuck you. Fuck this fucking movie. And I want to say fuck Stephen Chow, but I'm not going to because that's kind of far. No, because also there's a real depressing backstory to that whole thing. And let's not go too deep into that again. But yeah. Lyra, we were talking about this on Discord. There are some really interesting behind the scenes stories. If you could talk about that real quick. Yeah. So uh, me and Giga, we have the DVD because we have a master shelf of bad movies because we collect them. And on the DVD, they had a behind the scenes feature where... Uh, he was talking about the making of this, where he one uh, said that he wanted uh, uh, CG Seven to be the China's equivalent to what was it? Uh, Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Uh, like one of those characters, Bunny or whatever. Kipper, uh, and as well as uh, Ultraman and Doraemon. Yes, and uh, later in that interview, he mentioned that. Uh, the whole getting spanked in the store scene was based on something that actually happened to him as a child. And and the thing is that he is not a parent in real life. So he, in this movie, was trying to set himself into the role of a parent. And he said that he thought that it must have been harder for them to have to punish him than for him to get the punishment. <sighs> really depressing. <laughs> Yeah, he must have internalized. I mean, it doesn't justify it at all. Like, he still should have known better. But man, that's what it does to you. And it, you internalize it. It's so sad. Yeah, it really is. That's another thing, too, is that there is something else you wanted to mention about the uh, classism aspect of this movie, too. Uh, yes. Uh, so the entire thing with this film is he wanted to make a film for those who are impoverished, those who are who have less money. And the way he does this is by portraying them as literally living in a garbage dump and smashing cockroaches for fun. <sighs> I should do. I just... Like, I thought it was going to be starting off as showing this dad and son trying to make the best of their situation, and then it just goes into the mean-spirited stuff, and it's like, no, and it never shows their situation getting better, and it's just... It's such a bad movie, it's not fun to talk about, like... I will say my favorite scene in the movie by far, and everybody knows what's coming, is the dad fucking dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Movie should have ended there. If they just rolled the credits and then had like a fucking graphic show up and said, Dickie did better in school and was adopted by a, lo- a loving family, it would have been saw. worth it. He was adopted by CG7. <laughs> Yes. Also, the dad died in an unmarked grave. The end. <laughs> Let me tell you what pissed me off so hard about the dad's death. It wasn't slow and painful enough. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that. here we go. Great comedic timing, though, on that scene, I will say. <laughs> they should have done it fire in the sky style with all the CJ7 aliens torturing him. Yes! <laughs> you know what it should have been? You know the fucking E.T. sequel that never got made? Oh, what? God, Nocturnal Fears. Yeah, what? Nocturnal Fears, where um, the Brotozoogian aliens, uh, E.T.'s E.T.'s kind, come back to Earth looking for him, but instead they torture the kids. What? Oh, Retool the movie to th- the rest of the CJ7 aliens torturing the dad specifically for two hours. Yeah, I'd watch the fuck out of it. <laughs> is that the real thing? It is. Look it up. Et Et Two Nocturnal Fears. Why was that not made? That sounds amazing. Look, okay, I'm gonna get into the chain of what pissed me off. So here we go. Boom. The dad dies. Boom. You have the super emotional hospital scene where you know the kid gets pulled out of class. You see the doctors and nurses all panicking, and then you see the kid. Look at the 65, and you remember the dad saying, you know, if you get above a 60, I'll leave you alone forever. And you're like, oof, oof. (laughs) And then you cut to, like, this really emotional scene that I was like, holy shit, this movie's getting serious, you know? The kid's now gonna have to come to terms with being an orphan, and, you know, maybe it'll be a movie where he gets adopted by, you know, this really sweet teacher lady. And then it cuts to the morgue. (laughs) <laughs> and I see the bag move, and I see CJ7 come out, and I actually verbally out loud said, no. <laughs> no, he's fucking not. He's sniffing the dad, he's all sad, I'm like, don't you fucking dare it's after not- what you just <laughs> put me through emotionally, don't you fucking dare 
sheep out and have this little shit creature bring the dad back to life. And he did, ruining all of that. It's not even earned. Like, the dad never did one fucking thing to help CJ7. He treated him like shit. The movie doesn't even make it clear that CJ7 is actually being treated well by them, so... Oh, he's not. Yeah. We forgot to mention the fucking part where the kid Dickie straight up fucking drowns CJ7 in the toilet. Oh, oh. Like, like fucking waterboarding this poor innocent creature. And it's like, you name your kid Dickie and you're surprised he turned out to be a dick? My name's Richard Grayson, but all the kids at the orphanage call me Dick. Well, children can be cruel. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I will say this. The way that scene wraps up with CJ7 basically becoming a turd bazooka, just oh. fucking amazing. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> literally fucking shooting shit at him. Oh, it's God. a good metaphor for a movie. It's very distressing to watch, though. Yep. Wait, so this thing shits. This thing shits, which means if it shits, it needs to eat. When have they fed this thing? Uh, he, he didn't eat an apple at some point, or did he just repair the apple? No, he ripened an apple. Oh, yeah. And the kid yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he resurrected the apple because he's Jesus Christ from space. It feeds <laughs> on their pain. That's what it feeds on. But yeah, it really goes without saying in our mini review of, of CJ7. Just burn the fucking tapes, man. Fuck that movie. Just burn it the fuck down. Don't even uh, watch. I'll snag in and take this tape before they burn to put them in my uh, shelf, but yes. <laughs> Huzzah. Just make sure you dig a hole and you lock it up so no one can find it. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's gonna go stand in the corner and think about what it did. Th- they're in the yeah. corner right next to our bathroom, so... Uh- I will say the alien design of CJ7 is very cute. And there is merch of CJ7, by the way. We're reclaiming him. So we'll post that on Twitter because at least that's one thing about the movie we like is that the alien creature is just so fucking cute. Yes, he's like Skippy. I still have uh, CJ7 as my avatar in some places online. So. Yes. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, it's the scene where he sat over the dad's death, but you know. All right. So to make it up to everybody, I've picked another bad movie that's still a hard watch, but honestly, a real fucking breather after having to watch CJ7. I, of course, am talking about Horrid Henry the Movie. So, what is everyone's relationship with this movie, starting with Giga Coops? I just found it one day, thought, huh, this looks weird, I'll give it a watch. And it changed my life for the worse. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, review over. (laughs) Huzzah, burn the tapes. I will say that my sole relationship with this movie was a long time ago, me, Giga, and Lyra just watched this movie, and... Like I did with fucking uh, CJ7, I repressed a lot of it. (laughs) And again, that's for the better, quite frankly. I never saw this movie before. I had seen a couple of episodes of the animated series of the books that this is based on, which what Horrid Henry reminded me of was that Tumblr post where it shows that the British version of Dennis the Menace is way different. And they show like that comic where he's like, I'm bored, so I'm sawing the table in half. (laughs) (laughs) Jingle bells, jingle bells. Why are you doing that? I <sighs> gotta be honest, what very little I've seen of the series I enjoyed more than this, but also that's not saying much because it feels like this is both too accurate to the series and still just a mess all around. I will say the episode we watched right before recording this episode was way better than the movie. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> they fling mud at the queen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then the queen uh, sent them to be the capitalist at the end. Hey, yes. he's an Antifa icon. Good for him. Holy shit. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It, it's, it's a genuinely funny ending to that episode. It's like, oh my god, they did a good brick joke. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Channel KRT, the podcast where 9-11 jokes are out and queen jokes are in. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no, the 9-11 jokes are still in. Don't worry. So something I found out about this movie, the director is Nick Moore, who directed some other movies that didn't do that well however as an editor he's edited movies like Notting Hill Empire of the Sun Love Actually and a little movie called Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade what wow, wow. wow. 
So he has one hell of an editing career among him. So uh, he was also apparently an editor on Ghost World, which I guess kind of explains the very comic-y feel of the movie. But it just really doesn't... It's so hard to explain. It feels a lot like how the director of The Cat in the Hat 2003 was amazing with cinematography and bad with directing. Pretty much. I gotta ask this editor... Hi, what happened? <laughs> what were you on? Who sold it to you? Can you give me their number? I, th- I think he found cocaine. <laughs> I will say, looking at Nick Moore's directing credits, he's apparently directed a movie called Pudsy the Dog. Oh, God. Just by looking at the post, this looks exactly like something we would riff on. I've seen this. I've you seen this. God. It's oh, bad. Oh, oh, this no. fucking thing. That's the same director. Oh no! What oh the my fuck God! Is that is England okay? Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> Have you seen Britain? Of course it's not okay. Okay, so in the cast for this movie is David Williams, John Sessions, Olivia Coleman. What the fuck? <laughs> What? Didn't she have, like, the favorite around this time? Like, she didn't need to be doing this. She also had Broadchurch, which, you know, I guess this is punishment for Broadchurch, considering that's pretty much propaganda, so... Speaking of which, (laughs) this movie's cast is something to talk about as well, because we have Angelica Houston, Richard E. Grant, and Noelle Felding. What the fuck is this cast? Angelica Houston, we can make Captain EO jokes. Yes! Finally! (laughs) Me and Randy are gonna be eating good tonight. See, I can't buy that Morticia Adams would be in this movie because, say it with me, there's pastels in it. You've gone too far. You have married Fester. You have destroyed his spirit. You have taken him from us. All that I could forgive. Debbie. What? Pastels? Yes. <laughs> Morticia Adams? What are you talking about? That's the spider robot lady queen from the cult classic Captain Neo. <laughs> <laughs> what is her name? Spider lady robot queen, maybe? Supreme Leader. Her name is the Supreme Leader. All right, the Supreme Leader. Great. Oh, so it's the same role here, since she's the teacher then. Apparently, Universal, Disney, Warner Brothers, and Paramount all rejected this movie for U.S. release, so they had to go to phase fucking four to release it, so... Oh, boy. And it bombed hard. Oh, yeah, that's where I found this. I was looking at phase four films. I saw this. I was like, huh, this looks bad. Let's watch it. And this, this also apparently aired on Nickelodeon in 2019, which I guess makes sense given all the slime, but... Yeah, the cartoon (laughs) apparently also aired on Nicktoons, so... Oh, okay, that that makes sense. Oh, so this was a straight to Nicktoons. This was also apparently the first British children's film to be shot in 3D. Who the fuck wanted to see this in 3D? Oh, dear oh, Christ. God. Hang on, What? when was this again? 2011. It took Britain that long? A bit behind the times. We got Jaws 3D in the 80s. Hugo came out in 2011. There was no excuse for this to look so shitty. What's really interesting about this is in the opening credits, I saw that this was distributed by the UK Film Council with additional funds from the National Lottery. What the fuck? <laughs> if you've gambled between the years of 2009 and 2011, you may have helped finance this film. Hooray! Fuck you. Bastards. <laughs> Monster. <laughs> and that was our promotion for Prop 27, which is totally not just make gambling legal, kids. It's totally going to help local homeless people. California props are never propaganda. So we open up with Horrid Henry getting to do a heist that is extremely extra, I should say. When did we start playing Splinter Cell? (laughs) (laughs) So right from the beginning, Horrid Henry makes his own zipline and slides all the way down to Moody Margaret's treehouse and... Yeah, that was a very convincing effect, wasn't it? (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. It was very convincing. Totally didn't look like someone was literally just messing with their cursor in Photoshop, sliding around a static picture of this kid. The fact that this guy has edited so many known movies is uh, astonishing because this editing in this movie is some of the worst editing I've ever seen in my life. Apparently he handed it over to somebody else named Simon Cozens, and boy, I'm sure he gave it a good try. (laughs) Well, he was also on coke. Are you sure this is not the same guy who edited Rebecca Black's Friday? Oh, God. <laughs> no, that's a Same basic. here. 
<laughs> see, and no yeah, kidding I see about. where the inspo came from. God, speaking of pacing, though, there is just so much fast motion in this movie. I couldn't follow the plot. I couldn't follow anything that was going on. I couldn't follow which new characters. Are... I couldn't follow this movie. In fact, I'm probably going to have to pull up the plot to make sure I know where we're keeping up. <laughs> <laughs> It feels like they didn't know how to actually fill an interesting plot in a lot of these scenes, so they have to speed it up every single time. It's like, why make the fucking movie then? I have seen this film four times, and I still have no idea what the fuck's going on. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> So, Henry uses his magnetic yo-yo to steal the chocolate, I guess, donuts from Moody Margaret's secret club, where... Biscuits. Yeah. Because Britain. Oi. <laughs> Oi, biscuits in it. It's fucking cookies. <laughs> cookies! <America>. Yeah! <laughs> Please welcome our third guest to the show, Fred Durst. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I just have one more question for British people. When you guys watch Sesame Street... Is he still Cookie Monster, or do y'all call him the Biscuit Monster? If I remember correctly, there's a show called The Fergchester Hotel, where the Cookie Monster and Elmo help run a hotel, and he actually does have a British cousin called the Biscuit Monster. Wow. Well, there we yeah. go. Wow. <laughs> they do a really bad job at making us try to hate Henry, because it's his family who messes with his fucking homework, and at worst, he's just a bit bratty. He's no worse than any other kid. Like, wow. good God. I think that he is definitely a bully and seems like a really shitty kid. But yes, the parents are at fault here, obviously. It's it's like a cause yeah. and effect sort of thing. They play favorites. They clearly prefer his younger brother over him. Yeah. So no well, what the fuck did they expect? They literally named him Horrid Henry. It's not a nickname. They literally straight up refer to him as Horrid Henry. No wonder why he's so screwed up. That's the real weird thing in this movie. Like from the cartoon, it seems that that was only like treated as a nickname. While here, they seem to treat everything as like an actual name, which is very strange. Yeah, his name is Horrid Henry. His brother's name is fucking Perfect Peter. Yeah. May as well have called Henry uh, asshole Mitchitfuck. Yeah. <laughs> also, they force this poor kid to sing so many terrible songs throughout the movie like it opens with him rapping are we sure this was not the same crew that edited friday <laughs> are we absolutely positive on that nuclear take friday is good friday slaps the 2010s were a weird fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Also, take a shot every time there's a random fart noise in this movie. God. Uh, oh Alcohol God. poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Henry in school, and his teacher basically humiliates him for not having his homework and tries to force him to spell out the word. Angelica Houston time? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's Angelica Houston time, baby. Also, she's Scottish, because why not? Look, just shoot your, like, little light Michael Jackson beams out of your hands and she'll be fine. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you just gotta moonwalk. Uh, this is a distressing thing related to this character. Uh, namely that she is seemed to be a stereotype of... Uh, her, okay, her last name is Battleaxe. Oh, boy. Okay. And <laughs> she is, like, a strict Scottish teacher. I, I think this explains itself. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. As, a, uh, as an Irish woman, I gotta say, damn you, Britain. Oh <laughs> Same here. I'm part Irish, I think. I don't know. I'm mostly Irish, but I'm just, according to Ancestry, just mostly Irish, but just a whole bunch of, like, Northwestern Europe and then, like, a little bit of, like, Eastern also, they're trying to make it clear that this school is, like, suffering, but nothing about the school seems that bad outside of Henry, so it's like, what the f- It's like Woodstock 99, where they blame everything on Fred Durst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I can't tell if this movie is too cartoony or too subdued, and either way, it really doesn't work. It's it like- is both. It's yes. just between the two. We skipped over the introduction of the Purple Hand Gang. Which sounds like the evil version of the Buttercream Gang. <laughs> see. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm sorry, who's in the Purple Hand Gang again? I know Brainy Brian is one of them. Uh, forgettable kid, forgettable kid, forgettable kid, and forgettable kid. The one that cries all the time, which, like, you know, mood... But, like, 
Then we have the uh, one that they say is fat, but he's clearly skinny. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. They were fat phobic towards this frighteningly skinny kid. Yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> so they have this weird plot where apparently the school is going to get shut down because teachers keep quitting. It's it's so hard to follow. It's like, oh, Horrid Henry drives all these teachers away and gets them fired. And they barely show that outside of Miss Battleaxe. And Miss Lovely gets punished for simply not punishing Henry hard enough. Like... Gee, almost like she'd rather be nice to a kid. Just expel the damn kid. Jesus Christ. As we'll get to it later, Miss Lovely really gets treated like shit throughout the whole movie. God. And she just really deserved better, too. And it doesn't Uh, help that she's portrayed by a person of color in a predominantly white movie. (sighs) Oh, it was definitely racially motivated. You can't tell me it wasn't. Europe has some catching up to do. One thing I will say about the homework scene is that one of the kids in the purple hand gang, Brainy Brian, I know this because the Wikipedia says Brainy Brian. He's the only one who's properly identified here. Helps him forge a note from his mom saying the cat ate his homework, which is partially true. I mean, again, his parents aren't fucking doing him any favors by accidentally destroying his homework. Because even if he told Mrs. Battleaxe, she still wouldn't fucking believe him. Yeah, fucking hell. So when Miss Battleaxe is going over the spelling of homework, she tells Henry to spell it and he's like, W. And she's like, no, 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 W-O-R-K, that is how you spell work. And I'm like, well, depending on who you ask, people do spell work as W-E-R-K. Don't you get, it's funny, she's Scottish, she doesn't know how to pronounce English good. The Germans would like a word with you. Exactly. The entire German language, Miss Anti-German, I guess. Uh, imagine if it was called craft work. That yeah. sound, that's not fun. Power work. I was about to say, if you ask the guys from craft work, you know, I guess you could spell it like that. So Richard Grant is in this movie playing a head teacher of a private school that's trying to basically get Ashton Primary shut down. And since he's played by Richard Grant, I believe that there's a multiverse of other head teachers where he's played by Tom Hiddleston and a crocodile and all the other Loki variants. Change my mind. <laughs> For fuck's sake, he played a non-canon variant of the Doctor. What the fuck is he doing in this? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was Tom Hiddleston for a brief moment i'm not gonna <laughs> lie i thought did he really stoop that low before thor it's what loki had to do before he was gonna attack new york <laughs> <laughs> i gotta say the movie really didn't give him much good material to work with like he, you can tell he's just straight up slogging through this being in really this movie does. really does sound like something mcu loki would do no kidding <laughs> i still believe that loki was hank williams senior just because of that one movie this might be an unpopular opinion, but I also kind of think the character of Vic Van Rinkle was miscast. Yeah. I feel like a better actor they could have gone with, and I'm sure you all will agree with me, Rick Mail. Yes! yes! Oh my god, I was literally thinking that. If you've ever followed, you know, his comedy, it, iffy at times, but like, his he's all about fucking gross-out comedy. He would have been perfect for this movie, Especially considering how great at exaggerations he is. But, like, we instead get Richard E. Grant, who plays the villain, you know, just straight in this movie, filled with insane caricatures, and it just doesn't work. Good God. And uh, the one thing I will say about Henry, Henry, why are you keeping your hamster in that cage? That is not a good cage for a hamster. But he's a good boy. He's a good boy. He is a good boy. Get that hamster a better fucking cage, please. (laughs) Also, you can tell that hamster did not want to be in the movie because he's literally trying to escape every single minute in this horrible CGI. It's like... Oh. Yeah, so what is up with this damn hamster, too, by the way? He's supposed to be a superhuman hamster, whatever, I don't know. Oh my god, he's Harvey trying to escape from that one guy in the episode. He's Harvey <laughs> the Wonder Hamster's boyfriend. Yes! Aww. Oh my god. We gotta protect him from the chef in that one episode of the Weird Al show. So- <laughs> 
And don't forget anyway. Macho Man Randy Savage. I am <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage. Thank you very much. Yay! Hey, Randy, do you have a Slim Jim on you by any chance? Never do a Slim Jim! <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to mention the scene where the rest of the gang breaks into detention so they can all rehearse for the talent show going on. Also, their band is called the Zero Zombies, which I guess is supposed to be a reference to White Zombie or Rob Zombie. I don't know. I will say that when they're getting set up, and one of the kids just straight up pulls out a fucking iPod shuffle. God, that uh, fucking brought me back. There's a Nokia cell phone in this movie. There's an iPod shuffle. This couldn't be more 2011 if they fucking threw in a reference to the annoying Orange or Friday. Toss in a Kesha song. Why not? Hey, Giga, you need to tell about the soundtrack thing. Yeah, okay. I was just going to bring that up. This movie has a very interesting thing with the soundtrack. Because, you know, the film itself has, like, just songs performed by the characters. The yeah. soundtrack album has several hit songs. What? Dynamite yeah. by Teo Cruz being one of them, yes. Oh yeah. God, it's- There's also a fucking cover of all the small things done by Jedward. What? <sighs> I, I don't know why. I guess this movie thought it was 2001. I don't fucking know. Also, the most 2011 thing of all time, it has fucking Party Rock Anthem on there. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Fun no, family-friendly song. None of these songs play in the movie, by the way. Nope. Interesting Wikipedia vandalism trivia. At one point, oh someone claimed that Guillotine by Death Grips was on this soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> This movie needed death grips, let's be real. Yes. It yes. goes, it goes, it goes, it goes indeed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a weird fact I just learned about this movie. Apparently the voice actress for Henry from the series is actually in this movie as Nitty Nora, a knit nurse, and she reprises the voice of Henry during the song When I'm King. A oh, weird. Oh, that's another thing too. Did you guys notice that Henry says the thing in the song, there's no escape and no TV? <laughs> there's no escape from no escape. From the fucking phrase itself. I. That's it. You know what? That's it. I'm going hermit. I'm living off the grid. I'm living in the forest. It's literally the equivalent of a snake eating its own tail. Also, when Henry does the jump in midair and they do the joke where he's stuck up there until the teacher tells him to get down. It brings me into an interesting thing that I've noticed. So, is Henry supposed to be a reality-warping trickster god or something? (laughs) (laughs) That's why we said he's Loki. (laughs) Uh, He transforms into a dinosaur at one point. Yeah, Yeah, the shitty fucking CGI dinosaur that scares his brother. Cell-shaded CGI dinosaur. Yeah. Oh, oh no, it's it's a dinosaur run before he stands there and does nothing like an idle video game character (laughs) he's going hulk by way of rex from toy story and i was just imagining him saying i'm going for fearsome but i'm just coming across as annoying it's like (laughs) what was the point of that scene (laughs) also he's fucking able to hide behind fucking telephone poles now because why the fuck not? This is more cartoon than the actual cartoon. Yeah, it, it just <laughs> makes the movie even more fucking disorienting, in my opinion. Yeah, I think when me and Giga was watching it, that we thought that like this seems like this movie version was made by committee based on what old people think kids like, and kids need you know constant stimuli and they need constant uh, farts and wacky things happening because their children are stupid and they have no attention span. And it's just like, but this is not what the source material is like at all it's not (laughs) like the original at least can have quiet moments and it isn't just dangling the keys in front of the kids for like a half hour that's what this fucking movie is doing it really is is this really how non-nostalgic people viewed the 2000s (laughs) (laughs) yes yes it is and it gets worse with the fucking gross out humor i just wanted to mention i'm autistic and uh, this movie was sensory hell for me (laughs) oh yeah yeah. We all are. Oh, man. I know oh. I'm jumping ahead, but Giga, when you told me about the uh, the cake scene, <laughs> when, you, when you hinted to Especially. it and I got to it, I was like, 
yeah, this is what she was talking about. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) There was a scene where I was eating during it, and it was a 0 out of 10 experience. Do not recommend. I didn't need to see that, and I didn't need to see a close-up of Henry's booger. Yeah. Yeah, that was wonderful, wasn't it? I love it when movies put me through sensory hell. Uh. (sighs) Literally, there's a fucking running gag where one of Henry's cousins is a baby that straight up fucking vomits. And the baby, when his family's over for cake and tea, the baby fucking vomits on a slice of cake. And the dad comes home right after this happens. And he's like, oh, sweet cake. And you can guess what happens here. Oh, my God. What disturbs me the most about that scene is that he did not notice the vomit. Which makes him wonder, what the fuck does that t- cake taste like? Dying! <laughs> That's another thing, too. Helen Letterer's in that scene, too, is the rich aunt. So why is this movie getting all the good British comedy icons for this? All of you are too good for this shit. Good God. And they don't do anything. So, Moody Margaret does just as much bad shit as Henry, but he keeps getting punished for it, and and also, I gotta say, she looked like if somebody shrunk Frankie Foster from Foster's home. <laughs> Moody Margaret? It's like Hermione Granger, she was even more of a bitch. <laughs> I would argue that Moody Margaret is even worse than Horrid Henry, quite frankly, because she's the one who fucking kickstarts this plot off by starting the prank war and then eventually fucking dumping slime on the teacher. There's another aspect that I want to touch on. There's this whole class thing that seems to be unaddressed by the film, where uh, Moody Margaret's dad in the source material is like super rich and gets her everything. So that's why she was giving me Veruca Salt vibes. Yeah. yeah, she just constantly fucks with Henry's life, and she knows the school is fucking falling to pieces and struggling to stay alive, and she still does this shit, so what the fuck? She doesn't bother trying to defend Henry when the slime falls on Mrs. Battle Axe, and she directly blames him because, of course, she's gonna blame him. Of course, plot convenience. All Moody Margaret does is, yeah, she helps him at the end, but, like, she straight up antagonizes him, and there's also that scene where she treats her dad like shit. Yeah, the Veruca Salt scene. I said we would be late, and now we are late. We're always late, and it's always your fault. But, sweetness, we're only Don't late because- you sweetness me. Just give me my stuff. Oh, sorry, my precious. It literally is if you combine Veruca Salt and Hermione Granger. And you know what? I gotta say, I actually felt bad for Miss Battleaxe when she got sacked. She didn't fucking deserve that. God, she was just trying to do her damn job, and these fucking people are like, oh, you got slime. That's good enough reason for us to fire you. Again, Moody Margaret faces no repercussions for her actions. Meanwhile, Horrid Henry keeps getting thrown under the bus. Just expel these damn wiener kids already. (laughs) My god, how much faculty have you lost to these kids? Just expel them. That is a thing you can do, you know, right? I do want to bring up the scene with Miss Lovely where she gets slimed as well. That was uncomfortable. Especially with the way they fucking frame the shot. Did you notice the uh, masks in the background, by the way? <laughs> I didn't, it. no. No. Uh, <laughs> Let's just say that it didn't look like the kids made those. It kind of looked like a racist uh, stagehand did. Racist grandpa. Oh, I didn't see those. What the fuck? Uh, lots of red lipstick going on. God damn it, England. This school is ridiculously white. Is that checks? Like I will say, though. Miss Lovely servant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's cute. 100%. <laughs> so because Henry's not good enough to get into the school his brother's able to get into, Perfect Peter, by the way, he ends up having to go to a girl's school. Ha <laughs> ha. So funny. That's, that's the part of the movie we repressed the most. Oh, Do turfs think that this movie is a documentary? <laughs> of course uh, I blame this film for everything wrong with Britain today Did Graham Linham write this shit? What the fuck? Or J.K. Rowling Graham Linham featuring J.K. Rowling Sent fucking Horrid Henry, I guess uh, If this movie followed its name system But it made it way more racist You'd have the J.K. Rowling school of names Yay. Uh, mm. So yeah, it turns out that for some reason, because I guess his rich family member's a moron, she says, I'll get him into the all-girls school because she thinks he's a girl. I She's old and nearsighted, get it? It's definitely borderlining on transphobia here, I gotta say. Yeah. 
it's not borderlining. It just is. Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, I will say at least they didn't make him do drag to make him fit in the school. <laughs> at least it was pretty short. I'll say that much, but yeah, it was. What I found interesting in that scene is that if this was a different, better movie, they could have played this off to be an actual commentary on like gender presentation and gender stereotypes. Exactly. And like it could even be like pro trans even. But of course it's this movie and also while he's being sent off they show a close up that is great and has you facial hair. Women shouldn't have facial hair. And she's trying to kiss his cheek. Ew It's like, oh god damn, fuck your Britain. <laughs> Uh, One thing I want to point out, too, is the scene where Horrid Henry and Moody Margaret are trying to sneak past all the girls. And what sets the girls off is he lets a very loud fart out. Quickly, run! Because as we all know, women don't fart. Ever. I can confirm. I have never farted in my life. Here's the thing. I look at my phone for one second while this movie is playing, and suddenly it's a fucking horror game with all these, like, zombified private school girls just staring at one singular thing. When did we start playing fucking Amnesia? (laughs) Also, Perfect Peter's audition was just... Jesus Christ, that was bad. Why the fuck did they have to drag that out for several different genres? What was the point? I want to touch on that because earlier in the movie, it shows him playing cello. So clearly for this audition for this fancy school, he could have brought his cello and played that. But no. Instead, we have a hoedown. Like, Frere Jockey, I'm sorry, that's not an impressive song to be having for an audition. It's like... He was literally just doing it to impress Miss Lovely, who just so happened to be applying to the school. Also, why the fuck did he float when he was seeing her? Because cartoony, I don't know. This movie doesn't know what the fuck it wants to be. Uh, bad touch. This is a very bad touch scene. I'm just gonna say that. This movie makes me feel very uncomfortable. Help me, Winnie the Pooh! Also, Professor Badalax goes full nutty professor and trying to get her job back, so she goes in disguise and they recognize her instantly. And I'm just like, well, it's their damn fault for wrongfully firing her to begin with. I did like that joke of her going in with the obvious fake beard and shit. That was good. Simpsons did it, though. (laughs) Simpsons did it! Also, I need to say, so there's this running bit where Horrid Henry keeps seeing, like, silhouettes of Mrs. Battleaxe. First he sees it in the all-girls boarding school, and then when he gets to the talent show at the venue outside, he sees another silhouette, but this time it's a full-body silhouette. And it looks like she's doing a fucking Nazi salute. Okay, so I'm not the only one who noticed. What the fuck? Yeah, what the hell was that? What? I knew it. I knew I was getting Hitler Youth vibes from that school. Yeah. What the fuck? I what? knew it. The Hitler Youth vibes do not lie. I knew it. Fun fact, the British royal family had ties to the Nazi party before the Blitz. Of yep. course they did. Oh, I saw that scene in the ground. so noel felding is in this and he looks like gerard way and and sure why not (laughs) oh god it's boy gerard (laughs) yuri the the result of freakish gene splicing between boy george gerard way and brandon yuri a la the fly also after they free henry from the school one of the kids starts crying because he completely forgot the plot i guess because he's like well, i thought we were going to save the talent show it's like what is this fucking movie it's me on the inside when watching this. I'm not gonna lie, I thought this was the end of the movie. I really did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels like it. It's Just end it there. <laughs> Just show them all going on a bus and then play Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. There, there we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah. just have one kid go in a spaceship, but before he does, he touches the kid's chest and says, ouch, and then he leaves. that's another another thing too we haven't really talked about the characters of miss oddbody and soggy sid yet was soggy sid the one in the jumpsuit because yeah that was him evil gym teacher (laughs) he's jigsaw guys he's on the bike kids know what jigsaw is we need need to save that for that's the climax of the movie and it's something 
do not tempt me to try and get us to do an episode on a Saw movie. Oh my god. <laughs> so there's a framing device in this movie that revolves around the show Too School for Cool, where they say nobody's ever won this game, and it's like, so then why do they keep airing it? Because then... They hammer it in that nobody has won this game ever. Well, then they get no fucking ratings. Jesus Christ, that's not how you run a game show. It looked like if Horrorland and Goosebumps was hosted by Slappy the Dummy, because that's what Dick and Dom looked like. (laughs) Imagine if nobody ever fucking won Jeopardy. Imagine if during every episode of Jeopardy, all three contestants got every question wrong. Would that be any fun? No. Exactly. I need to say this. I know that Dick and Dom are, you know, British children's TV presenters, so I know next to nothing about them. They aren't typically this obnoxious, are they? I'm sure that this movie just wasted everybody in this movie's talent. Let's be real. It just seems like they're trying way too fucking hard here. They're trying too hard. They go from being wacky to being directly frightening, in my opinion. So we forgot to mention, too, that the, the name of Noel Felding's character... Is Ed Banger? Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> I wonder if they had to censor this movie in the US, which is a shame because that name actually does slap. <laughs> Why do I feel like the name Ed Banger has been used before in a very specific genre of home video with a very specific oh. type of mustache? <laughs> and a very specific genre of music so they rip off school of rock and sneak into the talent show and somehow they don't think they'll get caught performing on stage yeah they're all in drag by the way because uh, you know they're wearing the dresses and the hats which it's still pretty bad i will admit yep and i gotta say it sounds like this poor kid is straining his voice for these songs because i'm sure he's a nice guy i'm not trying to rip on him these songs sound like ass. All the rip-offs. I'm no singing! Oh, go and get a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, Miss Oddbody, the school secretary, finds out that Horrid Henry played the show against her wishes, and she goes into this rant about how since he played this show, that's only going to make it easier for them to lose the school. How? Like, this makes How? no sense. Not of this makes any sense. He didn't even do anything bad during that scene outside of, I guess, release snakes. They never go anywhere with that. No, that wasn't it. He claimed that to have snakes as though that he could guide the guitars. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, and there's that kid too, <laughs> Vicious Vicky, I think her name is. Yeah, hey. Oh, God. Oh, no, I repressed that. Where her sole character trait is biting people, she's only in this scene just so she can get Soggy sit away by biting him incessantly on the ass, by the way. Ah, this is touch. very uncomfortable. So what you're saying is she's me. <laughs> <laughs> who is this movie for? Movie is for people who should be in prison. Yeah. Correct. I, all I knew about her was that she looked like she had rabies, and I was like, that's literally me. Oh my god. <laughs> So somehow they still win the contest, and so then why the fuck would this ruin their chances of staying open? I I don't get it. Because so stupid. Because I I I don't know I don't know what the motivation for stretching you, you out see, this movie uh, is. Horde Henry misbehaved so badly allegedly that just associating with him is um uh. uh uh, this movie's logic makes no sense. Yeah, nothing to do with the organizers. Jesus, not to reference Hitler again, but they're acting like this kid is Hitler. They really Agreed. are. <laughs> to be fair, he does keep singing about how he wants to grow to be a dictator. I think that's what Harry wants. Yeah, boy. <laughs> okay, so maybe he's a little bit Hitler. <laughs> little Hitler, I'm so they Henry... can stop it, he's young still. <laughs> the fucking If I Could Be King, like, mini segments that don't fucking go anywhere. Nope. So Henry is later invited to be a contestant on a game show, Too Cool for School, as we mentioned. They're telling him to use the prize money to help save Ashton Primary. It's like, don't save this school, they treat you like shit. Just <laughs> And again, we get the scenes with Dick and Dom, and... 
it's either they look like decaying corpses or they're trying too hard to be Robbie Rotten. Yeah, that's exactly what they look like. Like, good fucking lord. So at what point was this movie supposed to become Tim Burton's Dumbo slash Moulin Rouge slash the music video for I Write Sins Not Tragedies by Panic at the Disco? Boy, I've always wanted to play Legend of the Hidden Temple or Double Dare if the challenges were just extremely fucking gross. Also, why the fuck... Did Dick or Dom literally shit out Henry's homework? God, that <laughs> I was... was that. No. I think my brain reached a breaking point at this part of the movie <laughs> where I just completely dissociated while watching this, and I was like, oh, okay, this is happening now. Oh, so... okay, this is happening. Oh, okay. That's the correct way to watch this movie. So the gist of Too Cool for School is that it's supposed to be basically mirroring the opening events of the movie and for example they have a segment where henry has to go look in the couch for his homework and he gets his homework by dick or dom literally making a bunch of faces and you hear a bunch of fart noises followed by a squish and then the other dick or dom pulls the homework out from behind dick or dom one i don't know jeez what is this movie man it's just ah one of the challenges involves like acid underneath a plank so i'm like yeah no wonder nobody's finished this challenge <laughs> yeah they probably the so everyone died this is a snuff operation yeah. it should be shut too down <laughs> yeah. too cool for school has a fucking body count yes before they go to the saw room they go to purgatory where the whole yeah. thing is that he needs to eat the most disgusting food possible. Yeah, he gets to purgatory slash the void by climbing into the couch looking for his homework. So there's literally no payoff to that segment. I, wh- wh- why is anything in this movie? <laughs> hey kids, it's big comfy couch without any of the fun. And even the set looks like the fucking Foley family segments. Also, they go deuce ex magnetic yo-yo up with the magnetic yo-yo and when he gets out of the scene sure why not yeah. before then there's the, also the uh deus ex hamster oh yes <laughs> that's right because his hamster fang escapes from his book bag and falls from the rafters into the soup so he helps henry by eating most of the soup while henry mimes it there's literally no way you can play this game without cheating. Seriously. Not only that, but there's no way they didn't get that on camera. Yes. <laughs> Another scene I forgot to mention with the hamster is that at one point, Henry calls him Spider-Ham, and I'm just like, oh my god, this movie predicted Spider-Verse. <laughs> also, ripped off The Simpsons. I have a feeling they really wanted to say Spider-Man, but there was some sort of copyright bullshit preventing them from doing that, so they had no choice but to say Spider-Ham. They didn't want everybody to be sad there wasn't going to be a fourth Raimi film in 2011. You know, Marvel still could have sued them because Spider-Ham is a Marvel character, so I don't know why they passed down on that one. When Perfect Peter and the other kids are riding up to the villain's house, I already forget his name, by the way. When they're already riding up to the school to help Miss Lovely escape, they're wearing these fucking bunny outfits, and I'm thinking to myself, oh yeah, this movie has jumbled our brains so much, we forgot to mention that Miss Lovely gets kidnapped by Richard E. Grant. Yeah, yeah then- so uh, can, can we just like talk about how nonsense this evil plan is? I What is this evil plan? Okay, so his evil plan is... To pay off school inspectors to close down all the other schools in the area so that only his school is open, which is a private school that people need to pay money for. Which I guess is a realistic villain goal, I guess, because the real world is shitting on public education. Yeah, so you'd think this would make sense, but somehow they make this very easy villain thing not make any damn sense in that everyone can randomly just afford this, apparently. Yeah, there's no commentary about class or anything, or people not being able to afford it. It's like, they had an opportunity, because, you know, they mentioned that Henry's parents can't afford the school, but then, like, his rich aunt is like, oh no, I'll pay for it, and so everyone is able to go to the school. Yeah, it's like no consequences. So. Yeah. What's even the point of the auditions then if their rich aunt can just pay for Peter and Henry to go to it? Yeah. Something, something, Aunt Becky. <laughs> <laughs> they also rip off Monsters, Inc. with doing the whole villain accidentally reveals his plan over the phone to the people. Of course, it was my brilliant idea to set up Brickhouse School and then to close down all the other schools around here so that everyone would have to pay me lots and lots of money to come here. 
I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die, and I'll silence anyone who gets in my way! We need to talk about the saw scene in greater detail. Oh yeah, that's there's right. The, there's the saw scene! There's the saw scene! Yeah, I'm pretty sure standards and practices would have shut this shit down before the first episode. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Giga, do you want to explain how fucked up this is? Okay, so the entire thing is uh, Henry has to be on this plank uh, and reach for a lever on the other side of the room that, you know, he can't reach just by hand. Uh, so he has to use a yo-yo, which, you know, they don't account for in the show itself. And underneath is just this rancid-looking CGI slime that looks like it's boiling, and if you fall in it, you'll die immediately. Yeah, what <laughs> the fuck? What the fuck kind of Kids' Choice Awards is this? It's the same one that knocked Katy Perry out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, to top it off, though, the evil gym teacher is on a fucking bike, and he's <laughs> pedaling to make the board incline so it's, like, going into the wall. He literally wants this kid to die. Yeah. And he's and laughing this... maniacally while doing this shit. This is he's attempted a... child murder. Bubble has killed our baby. I knew it would come to this one day. Yeah. Child murderer. He's literally Jigsaw. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the way that they finally pay off the fucking challenge is just they have Henry remember all the times that fucking Mrs. Battleaxe calls him a horrid boy and it's just how the fuck does that connect to how he spells homework? No, you at see, all. she says, "Oh, you horrid boy." And, and yeah. the whole whole thing is she's saying, "Oh." Oh, the it's like o instead of e. So yeah, but the final test is that he had to spell homework. <laughs> that's, the fi- that's the final test. To- and Miss Battleaxe turned out to be like in charge of the show. She's the only other person ever won this. She- therefore, she's in charge now. So apparently this is Squid Game. Yes. <laughs> it's Squid Game. It's total drama. It's insert reality show here where you die. It's like fucking Survivor. But, like, if the title were taken a lot more literally, (laughs) (laughs) this is, like, fear factor, but, like, shit your fucking pants fear. Also, Mrs. Oddbody basically rejects the money despite apparently needing it because now that they got the villain played by Richard Grant arrested, I don't know. It's so- they forced Henry to go through all that for nothing- Jesus yeah, Christ. Fuck. Also, another sign this movie's great, it ends on a fucking dance party. All uh, I uh, hate uh, dance party endings. I'm sick of it. Well, at least it wasn't insane in the membrane. Uh, at least it wasn't that. I'll say this much. This movie wasn't nearly as bad as Furry Vengeance and CJ7. That's not saying much. <laughs> yeah, low bar. Very low bar, yes. <laughs> and reanimated. <gasps> Who wants a new Wii? Huh? Oh, <laughs> Lord. Dance party endings. I'm fucking on my knees begging the film industry. Stop Good with God. the dance party endings. I'm sick of it. <laughs> All right. So for burn, just, just burn the fucking movie. I'm going to spell it out. I'm going to give it a B, a give it a U, give it an R, give it an N, and when I'm king, it's gonna get in the tapes. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can say it's as bad as Reanimated or Ghosts or CJ7, but it's still pretty fucking bad. It's, it is. It really is. It gives grow up Timmy Turner vibes, and sometimes oh, yeah. being too cartoony and over the top isn't a good thing. At least this doesn't have Drake Bell. Thank oh, God. the Lord. Ten out of ten. Best movie ever. Keep the tapes. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. We're we're going on the bare minimum here. Keep the tapes. It doesn't <laughs> have Drake Bell in it or yeah, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no pedophiles in this movie as far as we as know. Far as far as we wood. know. <laughs> well, just you wait. Just you wait. We'll find out some shit about this. I gotta admit, I picked a hell of a time to start disassociating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh yeah no speaking oh, no. of which b e r n burn the tapes because i had to dissociate during this while sober <laughs> <laughs> that's fuck. not supposed to happen when i'm watching a movie no fuck. um i'm gonna say that uh, we're gonna keep it for ourselves 
But if any children get hold of this, we're going to burn it for them and then replace <laughs> with a good move for them instead. Perfect. Yeah, you guys can just drop it into the acid in that one challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a Super Mario Brothers movie. At least that one is enjoyable, bad. Oh, that's good. That's genuinely good I can't good believe movie. people hate like- that movie. <laughs> it's so good. All right. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. And so sorry that you had to sit through this again. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything y'all want to plug? By the time the episode is out, we'll have an album out. Woo! Huzzah! You can check it out on Bandcamp and most streaming platforms. Uh, the album is called Welcome to Cuddle Country, Partner. And if you like uh, harsh noise, uh, noise metal, noise jazz, anything with noise, you might like this album. Oh, yes. Also, we have uh, merch with very nice t-shirts if anyone wants to have some nice t-shirts. On. And very adorable personas, by the way. Yes! Thank you. All right, so as for me, you can find me on the usual spots. TylerFG on Twitter, TylerFG96 on Instagram. As for the show, you can find us on channel underscore KRT on Twitter, channel KRT podcast, all one word on Instagram. We also have our Discord server and our Facebook group, which you can find in the link tree in our bio. And if you want to help support us, you can also check out our Patreon, where we have exclusive minisodes, outtakes, and episodes of this very podcast at its earliest. So you can find me on the usual Mission Breakout Twitter, Discord. You can find me on Instagram under a walking pun. You can eventually find me at my to-be-named YouTube channel, hopefully coming soon. And you can find me just sliming the hell out of this movie. Huzzah! (laughs) And of course, thank you so much to our pals Gomer and Chris Rayner for pledging us the $10 level. And an extra special thank you to our new executive producer, Mike. Alright, Channel KRT, cut to static. Help us! Hail Satan! Henry! Oh my god! <laughs>